Today on the Christ Sees You podcast, we have Travis Pierce. Travis dropped some bombs in this one. If you got your notepad, you know, you're going to be writing down some notes for this one because he just really goes in on practical things you can do to meet someone who's different from you and how to get to the point where you're even ready to share the gospel and why it's so hard for us to even talk about Jesus sometimes because we're just not even used to having actual spiritual conversation. So make sure you dial in, make sure you listen well, because you're really going to like this one. Welcome to the Christ Sees You podcast. I'm super excited today to be sitting with Travis Pierce. Uh, first off, I just want to affirm you and let you know kind of what I see in you and why why I was extremely excited to get you on the podcast. You um, have just always been someone to me that sees people. You see different people. You see where you see the you see where they're at and you want to meet them where they are. And um, always excited to talk about Jesus to share the gospel. Um, that's been something that's been uh, just super inspiring for me. And um, I think that there's a lot that people at Cottage Grove can can learn from you in, in a lot of different ways. But specifically when it comes to evangelism and community engagement, I know I've gotten to learn a lot from you. So, um, Travis, just thanks for, for jumping on, man. Oh, yeah, uh, that's encouraging. Thanks. Um, so first, just give a little bit of a, a background, um, just especially with your work experience and uh, some of what you experience and how that's kind of shaped and molded you um, just in your views with engaging with the community yeah no that's good i uh so i'm a teacher i've taught for 13 years now most in marshalltown ames and des moines so well, all of my teaching has been in iowa but mostly alternative schools or behavior um teachers i'm a special ed teacher and so um that's been just interesting like i didn't know if i'd like it or not i didn't go to college until i was 26 i kind of did other things for a while and just kind of seeing kids um in communities and families and communities just i don't know just with um overcoming so many barriers just to do what a lot of people consider normal was kind of like you know going to school like that was just really eye-opening and just seeing just like they were in it they were doing it and it was just kind of like wow this is cool i think that's part of my favorite parts of my job is just i'm a story guy like i love stories i love listening to kids stories i love anybody's stories i love telling stories and every day is like a story and i think that's one of my like when kids start talking about their lives i'm like oh man mm-hmm. that's nuts man well i'm glad you made it today i'm glad you're here i'm glad you're trying to graduate those kind of things so yeah can you give some examples of some of those stories because i think that's one thing i've learned a lot is like it's hard to imagine some of these obstacles until you're actually in someone's shoes and like even something like stable living, right? When someone doesn't have stable living and you've had stable living your whole life, it's hard to imagine because you're trying to give advice to someone, but it's like you can't imagine what it's like to be living somewhere different every night. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, that's true. Like, there's, there, I have students who just, they don't know where they're staying every night, and it's and that's one of the hardest barriers is just to get to school from where I'm staying. What buses do I get? Who do I get rides from? How do I call, texting, you know, kids who are working overnight. I mean, we have students who are working overnight 
and uh, then going straight to school and then trying to sleep before they go to their mm-hmm. their next shift and just stuff like that where I'm like, I thought working at McDonald's in high school sucked. And now it's like, oh, man, you're, like, working 40 hours a week overnight, then going to school, then trying to sleep and have a social life. You're, you know, you're 18. So that kind of stuff is kind of crazy. But, like, I just remember one of my first students in Marshalltown, he uh, – He'd, come, he'd dropped out and come back. His older brother had died, and he was the first one, the first one out of his entire family to get a high school diploma. And that was just a, like, that was kind of a big deal for him and his family, but also just like, wow, this, like, this makes a difference. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Those kind of, those kind of things, like lots of, you know, those just hardships that I just, I don't think I even knew about growing up, you know? Mm-hmm. Just like, I mean, you just woke up, you went to school, like, I walked to school, like, I walked home from school. Like, there wasn't a thing, like, I don't know. I just didn't have those kind of, th- I don't know if I would have done it. I don't know if I would have had the, this, like, I got to get this done. I got to problem solve. I got to figure out how I'm getting there. I got to figure out that kind of stuff. So, yeah, those are just a couple of stories. I don't know how involved I can get into the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That, that's, so, that's totally cool. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, that, it really creates that empathy. One, it shows you, makes you thankful for your parents. Yeah. And, like, recognizing your parents were pretty much knocking down obstacles for you. You need yeah, to know. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. My parents were knocking down obstacles that I didn't know were obstacles. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to actually uh, community engagement and like, especially, especially from the context of Cottage Grove, like what are some things that you've always had on your heart that you think Cottage Grove could be doing to just engaging right, right around this church and doing that better? Man, that's, that's a good question. So I, so I love, just people. I like, um, I've just been wired in a way. And I know that's like, I love people. Like I said, I love stories. I love getting to know people and talk to people. And I think, I think that's it. I think a lot of times when we're, when we focus on ministry or outreach or community engagement, we, we put a product in place and we put an outcome that we want to do. And, and I think when we do that, we kind of can fall into two camps. We can either people are the product. People are the job. People are like, and you feel that, like this person's just hanging out with me because he wants to change me. This person's just hanging out with me because they think I'm in need and that kind of stuff. And that's just, that that's a pitfall we can fall in. And the other side is people become tools. Like I'm just a tool for you to use to reach this product of changing people. And I think if we kind of kind of fall in the middle where it's just about relationships, like people want to be known, like people want to share their story. I mean, these uh the people we have these stories that these stories just continue to like grow it's not done and we're catching ourselves and them in the middle of a story so hear their story talk to the story and just build relationships i know that that sounds like pretty cheesy and generic but i think if we can like take a part of the productivity like sure in the end result what would i want someone to come and know jesus and step into eternity and know the peace and joy that I know from Jesus. And that's going to be a conversation we have, but that's not the goal of the friendship. That's not the goal of the conversation. The goal of the conversation is just to know you, like so that you're known, that you know I love you, that you know God loves you. Whether you return, return that feeling, if I start to do that, it starts to become this job, and I start to feel guilty, and I start to feel like I've got to put these right puzzle pieces in place, and I've got to be this Christian that does all this stuff. But if I just go in and I'm like, and I just want to know this person, and I also want this person to know me. And mm. now we're into like a real friendship and a real relationship, and that takes a while. But I would say that's the that's the big thing. You know, it's no big deal for 
you know, a friend of mine to call me and say, oh, hey, I just got this package delivered on my front porch. I'm not there. Can you go and put it in my garage for me? Like, I don't think anything of it because I'm a friend. And if I, hey, man, I'm not, can you come do this? I'm not home. Can you, like, it goes back and forth. And if we would just continue to treat community engagement like we would our friends, it just happens naturally. But we have to step out of our natural comfort zones to do that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing you've talked a lot with me about even is like that that dignity piece of it being a two-way street. Can you talk a little bit more about, about that? Yeah, like I think understand like this was a huge shift for me, which is funny. We, we miss basics in the gospel a lot of times. We talk about it so simply and move on. But when you start talking about being made in God's image and the dignity that that brings and, and how we've, how I've missed that and how people have missed that and how, like, that's why it hurts when someone hurts my feelings. That's why it hurts when people are mean, you know, like when people are mean. And so um, just knowing that everybody is trying with what they're getting. Yeah, everyone's making mistakes. And one of the things is my mistakes haven't been under a microphone. I've made mistakes, but my mistakes haven't gotten me to a place where other people can see them. Does that make sense? They're not as loud as others, or I can hide them better, whichever one you want to take. For and sure. so people don't treat me like I'd like dignity. Um, and I think we look at um, people who might not be in the same circumstance we're in, and we automatically think, oh, like I have what I what they need. And, and that's it's not true. Like the only thing that we have that they don't need might be Jesus, but they don't need the things that we think we need. And creates that that dignity piece where we're like the haves and the have nots and mm-hmm. it can get really confusing and hurtful but i'm, I'm rambling on now no, no you're good just listening to a story like when you sit and you talk to people i'm just thinking of people i met and they start talking about their family you know and you're like oh man you love your family you miss your family like you're trying to do what you can to take care of your family like way to way to go <laughs> like you start to you know build that up and i think i told this story with you before like i'm this guy i knew not from des moines but he you know struggles and struggles and struggles and would just call him and would and hey can you help me work on my car can you help me work on my house can we do this and every time i was hanging out with him it was like we were doing a project and i was fine with that i enjoyed that and we were also hanging out while we were doing that and then he would call me, like, do you want to watch the Bears game with me? Do you want to do this? And I'd be like, no, no, no. And then finally I was like, hey, man, let me know if you need anything. And he's like, what I need is a friend. Like, oh, the only time you ever want to hang out with me is when you're helping me do something. But sometimes I just want to hang out. And that was like a big, like, oh, man, yeah, you you totally see yourself as a project. And I'm just the helper here in this situation, coming along and helping you. And that, that changed an outlook for me and that changed our relationship, you know. And then... Um, those kind of things and just realizing like friendship and relationships matter that like for lack of better words, social capital, you know, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, the grace commandments, love God and love people. And I really believe loving God looks like loving people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just that it's that simple. And, you know, uh, not thinking that we have a whole lot to offer other than Jesus mm-hmm. and, and conversation and friendship, you know, so yeah. no, that, that story was super helpful for me. Cause yeah, it's like, when you have a friendship with someone, it's two way. Like you, totally. you call them, they call you. And when relationships start to break down, it's usually because it becomes too one way. Like maybe someone's always calling you, you're always calling someone, right. but it's like, yeah, for it to be healthy, you have to see the dignity in them and say, Hey, like what things are you good at? Like what, 
how has God uniquely equipped you to do these things or to do that or, or, or what and see that dignity and help to pull that out? Because so many years of people not seeing that has just stomped that out of them. And then they don't even feel like they have any gifts. There's nothing special about that. Right. And yeah. we know that's not true. I, yeah, we do. We know that's not true. Mm-hmm. We know that they are created by God, loved by God, so much so that Jesus died on the cross for their sins mm-hmm. and has equipped them with spiritual gifts. And so that's where I think, like, um, and as people I've met in this community specifically, I mean, we'll get into Jesus conversations like that. I mean, they, they love, they'll they talk about God, they'll mm-hmm. talk about Jesus, they'll talk about the blessing that a church has been. And that's where I think there is um, maybe not so much an evangelical or an evangelized problem, but a discipleship problem. Like, how does, like, how does discipleship relate to what I need? And I'm not talking about, like, world, like, we tend to want to put this, like, um, there's some things on it that we think are good. Like, uh, and there's nothing wrong with this stuff at all. It's great stuff. Like, money management, decision making, because that stuff is very important. But, like, hey, you are designed by God. You are gifted by God to play a role in a community for God and for the people of God. Like, that little switch changes so much. Like, wait. God gave me this. I've always been good at mm-hmm. math. I've always been good at, you know, people come to me when they have problems. Like, there's something to that 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 is a real spiritual gift, and I think there's a real, like, how does God want you to use your gift in your community? I don't think instead of, like, how does you need to change to be a more productive person? There's mm-hmm. just, it's a nuance mm-hmm. because, but it is real, I think. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? No, no, yeah. And I, I think one thing you said that was really important is that I think the assumption is always that people don't know anything about Jesus. And I find the exact opposite. It's like everyone I talk to, if you just ask, like, what do you, like someone came to the church last week and they like kind of asked what the church was. They didn't know necessarily about the building itself. But when I asked them about Jesus, it's like, yeah, Jesus died for my sins. Like they, they knew they, it it wasn't just like, wait, Jesus, wait, who's this Jesus guy? I've never like, and I think the assumption is people need to have the gospel shared with them. And it's like, you can still share that with them, but it's like a lot of people know about Jesus and what Jesus did for us, but they have not felt the love from other people and felt accepted into any community. So like they don't have that community that, that, that discipleship you're talking about of someone actually walking them through to understand why why is it that people do go to church every Sunday? Why is it that people do these community group things? Why why do you guys do all these things? Like what I don't get it. Why do you guys hang around each other? Like it doesn't make sense to me. Right. No, you're totally right. Then it's and that's one of the things that makes us a peculiar people. Like we're we're like we're we do hang out with each other when iron sharpens iron and you think like, yeah, I, I'm hundred percent with you. I've had some of the most awesome like Bible conversations with people at the park right across the street. So yeah, and I think on that too, it's being a peculiar people. It's like, then also, you're hanging with people who are different than you too. Right. It's like, it's not just yeah. like you guys are hanging out, but it's like, there's black guys, there's white guys, there's older people. Like, that's not, I just, I've always hung around people who are exactly my age, who are kind of in the exact life, like, you know, stage cycle, like whatever life place that it's like, I just hang around people very much like me. And like, I come see you guys, like, why? And it's like, but then again, when you talk about that discipleship, that it's missing that component of yeah walking with someone and like that goes back to the relationships that it just takes time it does it takes time and trust and 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 that's and i mean t- time is valuable 
and time is valuable. And so that's, um, that's, it's hard to give up time to make something like it's hard to going back to what I said earlier. It's hard to give up time if this person isn't producing what you think you want to produce. Cause we're totally in the mindset that time is money. Time is money. Time is money. Mm-hmm. But if my goal is to just to get to know the person, like that's what I, I want to get to know this person and I want to be known by this person. It changes our method, our, our thinking of time mm-hmm. and, and it becomes valuable because now it's no big deal for me to just uh, sit and talk to somebody for a while. And, and that takes discipline because mm-hmm. we're in such a, I got to go, I got to go. I got kids and I got this to do and this to do. So, yeah. And just that recognition that our time's not ours anyways. <laughs> right. <laughs> we totally. bought with a price. So Absolutely. No, nothing we have belongs to us. And that's, and that's, I mean, we've got to be open handed with time and money, time and money. We have to be open handed with that. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying give it all away. Um, cause we have to be wise, but we have to be open handed with that. You're right. It's not ours. That's a good point. Uh, one other thing you touched on was just talking about in terms of like, one thing I've always noticed is when it comes to poverty, the only difference when it comes to sin is that you can't hide it as well. Right. <laughs> it's more, it's just more out in the open. You see it in the street, you see domestic arguments and, and that type of stuff that's just in the street. Whereas the more money you get, the better you get at hiding that sin you get at yeah putting it and keeping it in your house so that you can still go to church on sunday nobody knows and i'm uh, this is what's actually going on right. at, at my house you want to talk a little bit about that just like i mean you, like, we talk about addictions and like yeah I, I, I had it would be hard to, for me to believe, i mean i'm addicted this is a joke i'm addicted to diet mountain dew like crazy like it's not as loud it's not as problematic but the money i would spend on a year in diet mountain dew like you start investigating that, you might be calling me foolish. You might be calling me unwise. You might be talking about my health, my kidney stones. Like, I'm having these, like, I have actual consequences to that addiction of Diet Mountain Dew. And we laugh about it. We joke about it. Why? Because I make enough money to do that. Like, and I have insurance. Like, there's things that, like, allow me to cover and hide that. Like, if I'm going into the hospital for a kidney stone and I'm there and they give me some medicine and I'm, like... I'm okay. We're going to laugh about it. But if I have another addiction that, and I don't have those moderate supports or those kind of things, I can't hide it or whatever. And now it's like, they're just a bad person. We, we put these, these tags and labels on it instead of like looking at ourselves or some people are just addicted to work and addicted to making money and to the point where they're going to lose their families. And then, I mean, it's almost a joke to me whenever I hear people talk about how they want to be rich and famous to support their families. Like, if you know anything about the human heart, I want to be rich and famous because I want to be rich and famous. A side product of that is that I'm going to take care of my family. Mm -hmm. Like, um, but I'm just saying, like, because of some of the blessings I've been given and going back to what you said, time and money is a gift from God. Like, like, I'm able to hide some of those things a little bit better, right? Like, yeah, my, there's just a real real thing behind that so mm. <clears throat> like yeah so i don't know is that is that like is that yeah no 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 that yeah that's that's exactly what i'm talking about like just even thinking through the example of like you have insurance so it's like the insurance allows you to go to the doctor and not have to face as severe consequences right. for or, si- or sick days my job allows me to have sick days mm-hmm. i like when i painted houses which i did forever like you miss a day you don't get paid for that day. So if you're sick for two or three days, that messes up your monthly income. So so now I'm missing work. I'm not getting paid. I'm going to the doctor, paying extra for doctor, paying extra for medicine. Did not have insurance when I was a painter. 
So health issues cost a lot more money. Actually ended up putting on a credit card, which ended up being a lot of credit card bills. So like that kind of thing, like we just don't think about that mindset of stuff. And then when you like just get into like we can be so judgy. <laughs> like, well, why didn't you? Why didn't you? Why didn't you? They didn't. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it just doesn't. Like, just mm-hmm. continue to talk and build this friendship. And so, like, yeah. Yeah, no, and that's that's 100% for me. That's my conviction right there, man, is, like, getting to that. I just don't understand how you're making some of these decisions. Like, oh. getting in that decision-making judgment mode of where you're, like, I would never make that decision. But it's, like, Ian, you're not in their situation you're completely disregarding all the things that you've been taught in your life by not just your parents but just your grandparents other people friends that you've had a social circle that has cared about you and shown you how to do things taught you about the bible taught, like right. you're, you're disregarding all that so when you're around someone who has not been taught any of that and just expecting them to make the same decisions it's like no that's you have right. to be with them and help them and teach them and guide them the same way that others have done for you and that takes patience and also like come in with the idea that I'm going to learn, like mm-hmm. I'm going to learn. Uh, and as a, as a friendship develops, you kind of start to be like, Oh, that's why you made that decision. You're just like, you're trying to do the best you can with what you've been given. And man, you're still alive. <laughs> like that's awesome. You're still alive and you're here right now. And we're having a conversation and man, that's great. Like I've just, yeah, I've learned a ton, a ton. My mind is like spinning through different things, but just like, I mean, I just think about um, a woman I knew who got a part-time job and, but she had to walk to work and it was like pouring down rain and it ended up costing her a job. And she's like, I just don't want to walk in the rain. And it's like, I don't think I would walk a mile in the rain. Like, you know what I mean? Like taxis are expensive. This was, this might've even been before Uber. It's like, yeah, I just don't. And then we had that conversation about dignity. Like, you know, I, I get to work soaking wet, I'm miserable, like that kind of stuff. It's like, man, it makes sense to me <laughs> working, walking a mile in the gross pouring down rain and you're soaking wet and you're miserable for a minimum wage job and you're still barely making your bills. What's the difference? Like these, they're, yeah, they're, they're connecting dots and you're, and you just gotta, when you start to listen in the dots they're connecting, you're like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So. So one thing I, I haven't talked to you about this, but um, because you're kind of hinting at it in that last story, I've realized how much transportation is an issue in Des Moines. Like just getting, a, like if you don't have a car and you have to take the bus or you don't, like you can't even afford the bus for just where you are in that week. It's like getting to your job to just be there on time can be right. such a challenge. And it's like such a hard thing to understand when you maybe have two cars in your family or, or whatnot. Yeah. It's, a huge, I mean, that's part of it. If you take Cyride, or not Cyride, we're in Des Moines now. If you take Dart, <laughs> yeah. if you take Dart, I mean, I think um, if you take Dart from our, from where we live to the downtown YMCA, if I drove there, it'd probably take five minutes, maybe ten. I think it's, I think it's about almost an hour and 15 minutes. That might not be correct. It's either 45 minutes or an hour and 15 minutes. I was talking to somebody who lives by us who did it, and it was like, I'll never do that again. I'll just ride my bike. Or I'll, you know, when it gets cold, I'll drive because they were just trying to save money. But it's like, gosh, because time is more just going back to what we talked about. Time is valuable. Like, I mean, that's why you're paying to get stuff done instead of doing it yourself. Like, you want that time and it's worth your. So, yeah, transportation is a big deal. Getting to, to and from and like and even when you have 
like some of these jobs where you might not need a college education or even a high school education to get like one of the first things some of the contractors will ask people is do you have a driver's license and if they don't then how are they getting to the job site like how are they they can't drive a company car they can't so it just can becomes a thing like it becomes a you know circular i guess would be the right word for it yeah and it's yeah something i just want to keep putting on people's radar because yeah if you have a car it's a privilege that you don't, you, might even, you don't even think about it, how much easier it makes your life. But there's so many people in this neighborhood who you see them walking. They're walking to the bus stop to go an oh, hour yeah. or something, to go yeah. an hour on the bus somewhere just to work and then have to take an hour bus ride back home or to the grocery store. Then they'll carry all their groceries in their hand yeah, to, totally, the, to totally. their house. And I get mad having to carry my groceries from my car into the house. Like, I got to make this on one trip. I got to make this on one trip. So then, true. Yeah, totally. So last question I'm going to ask is what would be your advice to someone who's been going to Cottage Grove? They, you know, they've been thinking about community engagement, but just have not gotten in the game. They haven't jumped in in anywhere in any area. Um, what would be your advice to them to, to get in the game? Man, just you find a community. If you've been coming to Cottage Grove, you got to find a community within Cottage Grove and then start talking to people outside of Cottage Grove. And I think that's like, I mean, we have functions, we have things to do, but you, no one is keeping you from just meeting people at the, I mean, at the park and walking around town eating and <clears throat> those kind of things. And so just jumping into conversations about people and I th- are with people about Jesus and about church. Um, and I think just, you just got to do it. I think when it comes to evangelism, um, we tend to, we, we tend to not have spiritual conversations. And then all of a sudden, God like lines up, drops his ball for us to share the gospel with someone, and it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm, I don't know how to talk about. I know I, I know Jesus, and I know the Bible, and I know stuff, but I don't know how to talk to you about about Jesus. And it's because we're not even talking in our connection groups fluidly. Like we're just not. I'm not talking to my coworkers about Jesus. I'm not talking to my Christian friends about Jesus. I'm not talking to them like we're not saying, hey, man. I was reading the Bible today and this like blew my mind or, Hey, I had this conversation with this guy at work today and this blew my mind. But when spiritual conversations become the norm in our church and the norm outside of our church, Mm. just meeting people and talking about Jesus is going to be the norm. And I think that's one thing where we're like, we've, I don't know if we've compartmentalized or it's just not the norm that it feels so intense and scary when we do it. Like I would, my brother and I wrestled and I'm not a good wrestler. I'm not a good wrestler at all. My brother was pretty good wrestler and I goofed off a lot and, and, like, goofed off a lot during practice. And I was a guy and ended up having to run laps and mop the mat afterwards. My brother ended up placing in state. And we were talking, and he said, man, you don't you don't practice. You don't practice like like you really want to be good at this. You, and all of a sudden, then you're out in a match in front of, like, a 1,000 people, and you're terrified because you're wearing a singlet, for one, which is just super <laughs> – why am I wearing? Why am I even playing this? Doing this? Why am I even doing this sport? I don't like anything about this right now. And I'm out in front of all these people. Just exposes, and all yeah, and exposes all, everything. And all I'm thinking about, oh my god, I'm not even thinking about wrestling. I'm just thinking, I don't want to be here right now. This is super uncomfortable. I'm not prepared for this. I'm not practicing. I'm, they're making me wear this. But like, where my brother like practiced with intention. He'd stay afterwards. He talked about wrestling. He loved wrestling. He watched wrestling videos, and it showed. And I think in the in the church, like. Maybe that's a silly analogy, but in the church, we don't talk about Jesus. We come and sit in a pew and want someone to talk to us about Jesus. We might read our Bible, and and that's a great place to start, but we're not talking to anybody about what we're, we're not even talking to our spouses about it. Like, 
How was your quiet time? How was your prayer time? We're not talking to our kids about it. And if I'm talking to, I mean, even if I'm just talking to, um, I'm just thinking about the guys in my life, like on Wednesday night that come over and we talk about our lives. We talk about Jesus. And I'm talking to my family. That's two, That's daily of us talking, my family talking about Jesus, talking about the things. So like when someone is like, oh, you go to church? Man, why do you go to church? I'm not like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? What? I'm, and it's like, I'm, I'm like, oh, this is why I go to church mm-hmm. because the Bible says this and my friends are this and my time with Jesus lets me get through the day because life is hard, you know? Mm. That, I guess that would be, I don't know if I really answered your No, that's, a, that's an amazing answer because I, I think what you're saying is spot on in like, even just a simple, here's what I learned today and it just blew my mind. And just, and like saying that to a coworker, saying yeah. that to just people in your life who you talk to all the time. But it's like, if you're not even doing that with people who you are comfortable with, then when you are around someone who you don't know and you're having this conversation, you're going to be super uncomfortable because oh, yeah. you're not used to even talking to it, talking about it with the people you know. Totally. So I like, I'll talk about Jesus at work and I know that I'm prob- people probably think it's weird, but, um, you know, and I kind of got made fun of a little bit in the, in the spring or fall and i just i mean i felt like i was in middle school again like seriously we're gonna make fun of someone for what they believe like that kind of thing it kind of messed with me but fast forward a few months later and the same person was in some pretty significant fear and frustration and they asked me to pray for them and i got to pray for them before uh before the work day started and that was like incredible and now we'll like have occasionally like you can tell there's they'll look come and like pace around my desk and this is an adult like what's up and it's like well i just like you prayed for me it was just awesome and now my nephew's really sick can you pray for him like, yeah sure like that and like i'm like just no and i'm they just know that that and that i'm a christian and they they've already sensed the power of jesus christ mm-hmm. or they wouldn't be asking me to pray for him still mm-hmm. so it's like okay Cool. And it's like that that little bit of humiliation was worth it for the end oh, result. Of, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Praise God, man. Yeah. Well, Travis, I appreciate you, man. Again, so much practical, just really good things for people to think about and thinking different and even just walking away and being like, what spiritual conversations am I having with people, with people who right. I talk to all the time? Like, that's just a very practical thing that you can take away and, and, and do. And like, I'm thinking about it even in my own life. So I, I thank you for just jumping on. Sure, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Christ Sees You podcast. If you want to get in touch with me, to share your own story, or to connect me with someone who has an amazing God story, my email is iwarner at cottagegrovedsm.com. That's iwarner at cottagegrovedsm.com. And if you want more of this podcast, make sure you subscribe. See you next time.